Love is in the air, fellas. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. We have some good news for you. Thanks to our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming. We have the right tools for your family jewels, so you're ready for that special day. Over 2 million people worldwide are trusting Manscaped for their grooming needs. I'm one of them. Mero is one of them. I would highly recommend becoming one of them. Look, it's 2021. You can't be walking around with an 80s porn star bush on you. It's bad manners. It's bad manners. And I get it. You know, global pandemic, lockdown. Who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying to do these things for? Sure, who cares? Tinder is basically shut down. You can't be having casual acquaintances, shall we say. There's more to life than that, lads. If you're in a relationship, you got to stay ready. And if you're not, then you're doing it for yourself. Why settle for anything less than great? Like, thanks to Manscaped. And thanks to the Perfect Package 3.0, you'll be perfect every time. It's led by the Lawnmower 3.0, which is their revolutionary trimmer with advanced skin-safe technology. And that features a cutting-edge ceramic blade uh, to, to reduce all those kind of grooming accidents you might have experienced in the past. No more nicks, no more scratches, no more tugs. Those silky smooth, beautiful grooming. It makes a hell of a difference. This thing has a 90-minute battery. It's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. You don't have to worry about cleaning the sink or cleaning the floor afterwards and all that kind of crack. Um, it's just it's just handy. It's so convenient, so easy, so smooth. All these products that feature in the Perfect Pack 3.0, including Crop Preserver, including Crop Reviver, you get Manscaped boxers with are anti-chafing and they're super comfy. All of them are included. So look, if, if your loved one this year is scratching their head and wondering, what am I going to get them? for valentine's day the shops are all closed you can't go out for a meal nice romantic dinner like you would you're probably going to be doing something at home you need to make sure that you're ready drop the hint hit them up manscaped.com put in the code w-t-s-p-o-d you'll get 20 percent off and free shipping it's the perfect gift and you're getting a discount thanks to us so head on over manscaped.com wtspod at the checkout you'll get 20 percent off and free shipping. Happy Valentine's Day from us and Manscaped. Hello everybody and welcome to WTS2. 126. My name is Danny Murray. And I'm Graham Merrigan who needs a haircut. Yeah, I think we all need haircuts, Meryl. But other than the haircut, how are you doing? No, I feel good. I feel really good about myself this week. Um, yeah, yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I um, I was doing great until you mentioned the haircut. And I haven't had a haircut now since uh, probably mid-December, I think, I, I got a chop. And it's Christmas getting... Eve, I got my haircut in Stephen's yeah. Wayne. It's getting unruly now at this point. It's getting unruly, so uh, I I could do I could do with a trim. I have to and ask Mark Merrill to do mine, to be honest, or I might just wait it out for four weeks. I don't know. Yeah, like in in lockdown one, I was committed to just letting it go and seeing what happens, but I I couldn't at the like I, I just couldn't, and I got the lovely Oksana and her brother Jay to do a job on it, and like it was grand. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you'd pass, but let's just say I took to wearing a hat more. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll um, 
I look forward to the Barbers reopening whenever that may be. But yeah, look, here we are. We're in February, Merrow. We made it through the longest January in history. I, I always feel every year, no matter like lockdown or pandemic or whatever, that January fucking drags by. Mm. But then the rest of the year flies by. Yeah. Yeah. January, it's an awful tricky month because there's seven weeks in it. You know what I mean? So um, it's just, just an seven, awful pain. Yeah. Hmm? Seven weeks? Yeah. Seven weeks in January. What are you on about? Just, how would you not know that, man? It's the longest month of the year. There's seven weeks in it, like. Shut up, you dope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, we are. We're in February. And, uh, you know, welcome along for the riot, lads. And speaking of going for the riot, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. So make sure that you're ready and you're prepped. <laughs> with thanks. <laughs> with <laughs> Thanks to Uncle Danny and Merrow and Manscaped. Head over to manscaped.com and use the code WTSPOD and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. So your town halls will be nice and smooth for whatever you get up to this lockdown Valentine's Day. Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> this week, no, this week, Danny. Oh, sorry, I need a minute. What? <laughs> <laughs> Don't edit any of this. <laughs> oh, we just go to the guest, will we? Who who are we speaking to this week? Uh, we're delighted to say this week we've been joined by Russia-based sports specialist and journalist. Uh, he's a host on Cattle Sports based in Moscow. Uh, Privet Alan Moore, Kaktila. That means I'm doing great. Thank you very, very much. Hello, boys. Hello, friends. And hello, Ireland. So there you go. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Um, you, you, before we hit recording this, you were just showing us you're, you're under a blanket of snow over there at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's been kind of really weird because we it was pretty cold, cold today now. It wasn't that bad. It was minus 11. Uh, there last week we went, on Monday it was minus 26. And Jeez. then on Wednesday it went, it went to plus four. And then it snowed and the snow was, like it sort of sat down a fair bit like and then um, it turned into slush over the weekend. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's snowed fairly heavy this afternoon. We were looking out at the office and I was thinking, oh, Christ, I have to walk home with this. But luckily, it's warmed up. It's only minus five tonight. And it should be about minus five in the morning. So we're all right. That's, yeah, I mean, look, I've heard horror stories of Russian winters. <laughs> so it sounds like you're getting off lightly. Uh, is yeah. that the Dynamo, Dynamo Moscow top you have on, is it? It is. It's actually, would you believe, it's the hockey, it's the, I got it from the hockey club. Um, a friend of mine, uh, we were, we co-commentated on the World Cup and um, he's um, host, He's a, a host uh, on Match TV, the, the sports channel here, the only sports channel in Russia. And uh, he also works with Dino Moscow, so he gave it to me. Now, I'm not a fan of Dinamo. Uh, I'm not a fan of any of the Moscow clubs, to be honest with you. I've, 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 a, I've, I've an affiliation with Lokomotiv, but that's because yeah. I was just working with them. And, but I've worked with them all, except CSKA. But, um, uh, yeah, so I, I just wear it. It's, it's handy, you know. It's, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. You know, it's warm. It's warm. How, um, how is the sporting picture over there at the moment? With blank, blankets of snow shouldn't be a problem. They're well used to that. But with COVID and everything else, is it business as usual? You know, it, it's, it, that's a great question. It, it is and it isn't. I mean, we... 
as you remember, like we went back into the season last year, we, we barely finished off the season. And we, if you remember, there was like uh, one team, Sochi, uh, were, were, were forcing another team, Rostov, to play a game. And Rostov played the, the end of having to play their girls in their 11 team, uh, basically. And I mean, and that's no joke. It was literally, they couldn't get players to, 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 to play like, you know, and they were actually discussing, we'll play actually a couple of the, the women's players because we had to fulfill this fixture. So they got bet. Um, they let the, the fans back into the stadium. It's been like that ever since. Um, it kind of varies on region. In Moscow, it's 25% of the yeah. capacity allowed to be there, um, which was terrible for, say, for example, for Lokomotiv when we, you know, we drew Bayern Munich in the Champions League. And uh, that would have sold. They, they would have put it on in the in the Luzhniki Stadium and sold it out. And we got Atletico Madrid again. That would have brought in about fifty thousand people. And then Red Bull uh, Salzburg, which we know would have brought in a fair crowd. Um, it's 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 a weird one. Like now, all the, nearly all the Russian clubs in the top two flights are away in summer training. So you know, a lot of them mm-hmm. went away there, like um, Spartak and Zenit went away to. Um, Dubai, I think it was. Uh, local were in Spain. Rostock were in Spain. So they all disappear for the for for training. But the amateur clubs are busy training here. They're they're training at home. They they don't go away. And I mean, the the main sport at the moment, um, like domestic sport, is ice hockey. So it thrives on this kind of. So we're grand. <laughs> yeah. So the, the ice hockey going ahead anyway. That that keep the yeah, vast yeah. majority of the population happy over there. Like. How long are you over in Russia? Um, well, I was in Croatia for just over, like the best, almost five years in total. And I moved up here in 2008, um, but then did a year in Malta um, and then came back. So basically, you could honestly say from 2010, I've been here. So it's almost 10 years, or it's about 10 years. And I'd only planned to stay for the World Cup uh, and go. And then I kind of, I can't say that good enough stuff. Then I was busy working, went off in kind of a slightly different direction um, in terms of career-wise and also like working with media. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm enjoying it, working with sports clubs, working with sports, like athletes and working with the, the footballers union here as well. So I kind of, it, I'm, in, I, I'm enjoying it. So it's, it's about, simple answer, about 10 years about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, and you're currently involved with uh, Capital FM, which is an English-speaking radio over there. Yeah. Um, how do you fall into radio in a in a foreign country? Um, it, it, it typically Irish way. Uh, <laughs> so it really, really Irish way. Back in 2013, I, I uh, November 2013, I was I was sick of sport. I wanted just to run as far away from sport or walk, not run. Didn't want to use any energy to get away from sport. I was just couldn't handle it anymore. Couldn't handle. I was working with tennis and football, especially. Uh, had worked on the World Cup bids. Was like that had been grand, but then I got in the way for. But I still working with media and with sport, and I was like, I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I took it. I decided to take a break, and then I'm getting caught back up in it again. Uh, and I was training, like I, I was training, well, training and playing Gaelic football here in Moscow. I uh, had been playing Aussie rules and then doing all different sports or rugby. But end up was um, around 2017, 2000, end 2016, I finished up 
a job with a biotech company. We, we developed, um, it was very timely, a range of sports nutrition that was completely clean, certified clean, was effective, but was kind of healthy. And we produced it in Ireland. Um, and it was brilliant down to um, um, Future Nutrition and then Scorting. And they were just amazing. So that was working. But then I, it was kind of got to the point where it was like, you know, they wanted to go in a different direction. So grand. I'm going to focus now on um, a bit of media. And it, it, lots of, I do lots of media work anyway. Uh, no sport, we just media. And in January 2017, I the new station had just been set up not a few months before. It used to be in Moscow FM and we needed to Capital FM. But it went into from kind of talk and music to pure pop music. Like, you know, just pure pop music. The, the station director, he'd be more like us. He, he, he likes his oasis and his kind of, you know, 90s and 2000s kind of UK music. That's, that's his style. But it's pop music. So long story short, I dropped them a message through friends of mine because I was doing like different TV stuff and doing stuff with Lockheed Moscow. Their new president had come in and I said, look, the idea for a radio sports show, building up to the World Cup, building up to the uh, Confederations Cup in 2017, should give this a rattle. So I said, there's the, the format for you. That's how it'll work for an hour. Nice kind of punchy magazine show. Good luck to you. And I, I'll come on and talk, you know, um, if needs be. Then he said, come on, have a cup of tea. So we came a cup of tea. He said, um, look, we'll think about it and get back to you. I said, look, I'm not interested. Like, I've done radio before in Croatia. did radio in Voronezh here in, in Russia, but only kind of as a guest host or a co-host, but just kind of sitting there speaking. like doing much of this crap. And I was kind of more thinking of uh, television, but as my, my mom always says, like, I, I have a face for radio, so that it was always handy, you know. <laughs> Um, yes, that's a lovely man. So anyway, <laughs> uh, um, I did, long story short, was then I got a, I got a, a message from him. I dropped a message to say, oh, how are you doing? Oh, balls well. And he goes, uh, what do you have on Thursday? I said, I'm awesome. He said, can you pop in? I said, yeah, sure. So I popped into him. And he said, listen, what do you mean? Um, one of us, we have the, the, the radio show ready to go. Would you talk with one of the, the host fellows to see to give him some advice, I said, Grant. And then he said, um, we can't, we just met him Saturday or Friday, give him a few notes and said, look, here you go, you can call this fellow, this fellow and get into his Grant. And uh, then he said, can you drop into the studio on Saturday? And I said, okay, you know, it's fair to talk about football or whatever. <laughs> He's like, walk in, Austin's like, they introduced me as the co-host. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. It was simple as that. I gave him the idea, walked away, Thought, grand, I'll come in as a guest every so often. And that was April 2017, and we've been going since. They had another co-host. It didn't, it wasn't going to work out. They said, you come in and do it. And it was funny because it was 15 minutes before we went to air. And I went in and was like, they were like, well, we need you to talk. And I'm going, I'm not going to talk for an hour or whatever it was. So so we need to get a few guests on, like, right, phone calls. Our DJ producer uh, didn't know how to work telephones. So, so she had to get another fellow from another, like it's a big you know, radio or media hole to come in and like hook up the telephone and the whole lot because they never made phone calls ever. So uh, I got uh, a friend of mine who's a, a sports correspondent, a man, a man you found on Russia Today and uh, the head of the Footballers Union 
I said, can you come on? And a friend of mine in two men who now works with me full time, Andrew Flint, he's also a, he covers Russian football brilliantly. And uh, so I called the three of them and said, listen, can you come on? And like, they're like, okay, came on, talked. The boss turned around and said, that's the best radio heard all year. And I'm like, you must be listening to a lot of radio. <laughs> it was, it was gas. So it was hard, horrible. So yeah, so that that's that's exactly how it started. It basically started. I walked. I, I gave him the idea. Thought nothing more of it. Uh, got called in, thinking I was a guest, and then I'm a co-host. And about a month and a bit later, the fellow who was the co-host with me left to go back to England. And so then it was like I was thrown in on my own. So that that's that's how it that's how it started. Brilliant. And then we, we moved from like an a, a, an hour slot on a Saturday to midweek uh, hour slot. And then it opened up the primetime weekend Sunday gig, which is kind of a roundup show. Yeah, I was thrown in the deep end. That's all it was. And, and here you are then, several years later, still going strong. And um, it's it, it's mad. So when when you're talking about that, when you're talking about kind of you evolved from, you know, a Saturday afternoon spot to then a kind of primetime weekday spot with a kind of roundup spot on a Sunday as well. How much of that kind of plays into then you know, your mindset, because like we self and Mero kind of came across your work there with the, the piece you wrote about Liverpool. Um, yeah. it was, was it last, last year, this last, before the start of the Premier League season. Yeah. 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 Um, like, because obviously Russia has a, a massive thing with, with Open and everything else. Like, so we'll, we'll get on to the Liverpool piece in a moment as well. But how, how does your mindset flip then from the kind of pop, Sort of station where you're covering that day into all right, hard hitting. I'm going in to talk about the open here. This is fucking big, like, yeah, brilliant question. Yeah, that's it's you know, it I've never been asked that before, honest to god. I've never been asked, like, how my my our, our station director, Sasha Alexander, he <laughs> understands why he he's given us free reign every so often. You say, be careful because. They'll get complaints in from, example, the UK cycling will say uh, we're biased. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, like, you should be looking at your own house in Russia. It's like, well, we do. You know, we, yeah. we were openly since, what, 2011? 2000, yeah, 2011, like, I mean, when I was you know, writing articles here in Russia and speaking about the problems that you had to dope to get along. And... Mm-hmm. I was in tennis was one of the sort of bees I had in my bonnet, like the behavior tennis player. So for me, it was kind of a natural thing that I I wasn't afraid to speak about. I mean, I've written about it. I even done, you know, I bumped into, unfortunately, Rodchenko before uh, things came out when he was basically, he, he asked myself and a tennis player were managing for a bribe to give her a clean bill of health. Yeah. She didn't need it, but we didn't. What happened was she she got a, a, a lempsip. Um, I bought her a lempsip. She took it. The, the testers turned up, tested her. She panicked. I said, well, no, I looked at There's no ingredients. It's all okay. But let's call Rosada just to be on the safe side. Um, and this last thing I had trained in Ireland, trained in, in, in Glasnevin in DCU. You know, clean as a whistle, but just very... You know, dedicated, good, good, like nice, lassie, and uh, you know, still doing her best. And so we we asked Rosada, can you tell us 
what's the story? They said, oh, well, you need to speak with this person who's a consultant, so I thought a consultant. Spoke with this woman, and then she met me, gave me a business card, I said, how it? And I was like, okay, grand. And she said, well, no, uh, we'll, we'll investigate, but have you? And I was sitting at the tennis, I was sitting, this girl, Marta, was literally crying, going, we did, I've never done, I didn't take it, this is what we, this is what I drank. I had two sachets, I woke up, give, did, did, get, uh, sorry, did the blood test or urine test and I was like, well, probably no, we'll have to have a look into it, but don't worry, we'll fix it for you. So mm-hmm. also, it was like a consultancy service, grand, you know, didn't think I'd know it. I'd never dealt with that really before, you know. So next thing, she, uh, she introduced me as man, he gave me his business card talking, uh, and they basically said, like, you know, a few thousand dollars and she'll have a clean sample. I was like, but her sample is clean. There's no problem with it. Uh, well, we want to be sure that it's clean. So I was like, look, Grant, I'm not going to play this game. No, uh, she's clean. I said, look, if, if it's the case that there's something in it, there's something in it, then she's taking something more than this and like hands up. Girl, Pat, like, there was no problem. She wasn't yeah. done. Then I, I was doing an investigation. I was given a commission to do an investigation in, into potential doping. And I've had a few leads. And I went back to this guy, phoned him up. And it was Rochek up. And I went to his office. And he said, like, he'd already been in trouble. He said, no, no, no. Like, that was my sister. She was, like, messing around. It's like, I'm, I'm completely clean. I believed him. Completely believed him. I filed a story and said that this man is, he's been set up. He's been set up. This, his, sorry, this is... This is Gregory Rodchenkov. Is it the your man from uh, anyone who's seen Icarus? Will that's it? Okay, that's it. And I bought a story. Man cried in front of me and said, I, "I've done nothing wrong, and my sister set me up, and I'm at an end to it." Um, and I'm sorry. And he held me hands and said, "I'm really." I was like, "Grant." So I filed the story and I said, "Really, nothing to see here. This guy's this guy's okay." I said. I, I did feel dodgy when I met him the first time, but he told me why he did it and so on, and he had money worries. And so the agency that filed it for it, they said, we'll drop it. Yeah. And a year, a year later, a year later, I then it pops up in the mail on Sunday, kind of like big expose dispel. And I'm thinking, crap, hold on, this can't be right. And then the next thing, then he's, he's arrested, he's been hounded out, and then Icarus comes out, and I'm like, hold on, <laughs> I felt like the biggest. Golf shite in the world. <laughs> I could not, even if it was, it wasn't. It wasn't so much about the story of like gotcha. Mm. It was just to kind of. This is like it, what they were doing was wrong, and I wanted to fix it. So okay, from that segue into the show, when we go to, that's the reverse. Going into the pop music, uh, people don't need all the hardship stories that we cover. And we, we cover a lot of good stories as well. We do a roundup of football. We do nice fun stuff. Last week we had Michelle Verrocken, who was the head of ethics and anti-doping in UK sport. She got really pushed out of UK sport simply because she was a straight shooter. And leading up to 2012, and, and, and she told us like on, on Sunday, she said like, you know, you look at all these athletes and you just know they're doping. So she, like, she's going to know, like kind of, um, you know, illusions that it's that there's something wrong. So we, we, we try to keep it balanced and, and of course we're tackling tough subjects. We we you know, we we like tackled concussion, we've tackled by by way to say tackled concussions, right? We we've we've dealt with concussion, we've we've dealt with you know doping, with child abuse in sport. 
we've had the lads on from England who were victims of Barry Benno um, and not just. We, we've spoken with, uh, you know, Renee Ann Shirley, who was the head of Jamaican anti-doping, who got mm-hmm. basically death threatened because she was exposing what was going on in Jamaica. Um, but we would normally, you know, we would have six slots for a song at the end of every segment. And every song I'll pick that you guys would be interested in, that you'd like, you'd want to listen in the stadium, that you kind of associate with sport. So it could be, as I said, gotcha. you know, you know, the White Stripes, you know, um, or like a Chelsea Dagger. Mm. Where, like, so we, we end up with one. So I think it's, it's a nice balance. You can talk about sport because sport, we're here talking about sport. Sport is life. There's nothing better than sport. There's nothing more important than sport. Um, to for for men, for example, not just men. Well, let's just say for men, for example, that we could talk about, we can show emotions, have a chat, relax. I know when the big thing about with lockdown issues like that, we need the release for mental health and so on. Sometimes it's overcooked for the wrong reasons. Like bookies would say, oh no, mental health is important. It's like yeah, get in, like stop propping gambling. You know that. Yeah, yeah. But there is there there's a huge truth in that. So. We we try to keep it balanced, and I think the other DJs as well. When the World Cup was on, I was doing uh, every morning doing the morning show. I mean, bring a guest in. Sometimes do the afternoon like update as well, and then do lives from the stadium. Or when, when, like I was in, I mainly covered all. The, I well, like commentated on all the ones in Lushniki, um, and then I did a couple of Spartak and one in Sochi, one in Saransk. No, yeah, Sarah. No, sorry, one in Sochi. So basically. The DJs then appreciate who are like completely not into sport, and then also they all start getting into sport as well. So we could see where uh, quite uh, I think it's a third of our audience is female, and we get on average um, for the entire show. So it, it you know it's not just like the, they listen the whole way through. We get around uh, 200 250,000 listeners every week um, oh. over two hours. Uh, it's it's a, it's very very good. And I said a third of them are women, um, and we try like we do try to tackle them in a, in 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 a in a tough way, mm. but at the same time balance it. And uh, you know there's there's nothing better than talk radio anyway. There's nothing better than podcast. They really, you know, we need to hear people talking. No matter how lonely we want to be, we all want to be on our own sometimes. But to have that voice in the background just to listen it's it's absolutely yeah we'll be right back to our guest but first we need a quick word from our friends at manscaped the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming valentine's day is right around the corner and you need to make sure you're ready for that special day manscaped will sort you out because they have the right tools for your family jewels and all you have to do is drop the hint if your loved one is struggling for a gift this year, just tell them. Head on over to manscaped.com, pop in the code WTSPOD, you get 20% off and free shipping. Trust us, it'll be a great gift for you and a great gift for them. Hit up for the Perfect Package 3.0. It is led by the third generation revolutionary trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0, with its skin safe technology and its cutting edge ceramic blade, so you'll have no nicks, no tugs, no scratches. It's incredible. It really is. There's loads of bits and pieces in that uh, Perfect Package 3.0 to keep your town halls looking great, feeling great, and smelling great. Trust us, you won't be sorry. Head on over, manscaped.com, 
Use the code WTSPOD. Get rid of that 80s retro bush. It's head trimming season, lads, and you need the lawnmower 3.0 to get you through. Manscaped.com, WTSPOD, 20% off, free shipping. Your balls will thank you. Back to our guest. And this, I think this is the bit now where uh, Liverpool fans will probably switch off out of anger. But yeah, um, I I love just kind of myself and Mero talked about the open in sport. We've we've had uh, Paul Howard on, we've had you and McKenna on, we've had Ken Early on. We've we've touched on the open in sport in so many different ways. But I think when the two of us read your article, the the two of us kind of went, yeah, there, there there's very little chance that there is such a thing as a clean sport out there so yeah. in a nutshell what is the reason that you predict that Liverpool will not win the Premier League this year um, so the, the, the basic tenet of it is that they're, they're what's called cycling off okay so cycling off means that they are they're giving their bodies a break before the bodies break simple as that uh that's it in a nutshell. Why do their bodies need a break? All of our bodies need a break. You know, any like if we train, if we do anything whatsoever, whether it's you know any level of sport. Like I, I we we had lads who uh, in the college I was director of here in Moscow a couple of years ago. They were playing blind football. We had lads who were playing. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah, lads and lassies who were playing wheelchair basketball, and they were training, training, training. But they were like the the coaches for both for the football and for wheelchair basketball were just brilliant. They would say, "Okay, you know, you've done enough. Now you take like three days off. You take complete. You go eat, relax, whatever it is." Uh, professional athletes um, at that level in the English Premier League don't get that much of a break ever. You know, uh, you, you you don't see fellas coming back in. You know, a stone overweight after boozing and partying all summer, they have to stay on a certain level. Um, if you, if we put it like this, do you think you put your, you know, best car possible, like most reliable car possible, um, and you put your foot down nonstop for 300 kilometers, just flat out, then you, you fuel up and go again. Eventually things overheat, things start to crack. If there's a weakness, for example, in, you know, uh, the, you know, in the radiator or whatever, it'll pop. Mm. So now put that put that in then to the human body. How did that does that work? These lads, lasses as well in women's sport, but these lads say for a nipple, had to push, 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 push. It's just the way it is. It's like they're not covering as much ground as their teams. They don't have to, but they it's if you look at the sprints, the speed, the fitness, um and the intensity, the amount of matches played. The, you know, everyone plays hurt. So what you need to get onto the field, um, you it's no good running. We've seen that with the Irish rugby team for many, many years. Great 60-minute team. Last 20 mm-hmm. minutes, they fall apart. This is the, the issue. is like the last 10 minutes, like the injury time in a match that tells, you know, and it's also closing, being alert. So there's, when, when you put in, Everything to what guys have to take to get to that level. First of all, it's it's huge amounts of caffeine. Now we know ourselves. You take caffeine, you're shaking. You're you're 
you know, when when you get dehydrated, caffeine dehydrates, so you've got that balance. So like your 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 motor skills decrease slightly. So you you have to get something then to improve the motor skills. So the huge amounts of caffeine which are are used in sports, modern sports, especially Liverpool used this. All, all the top teams do. It's just the way they do it. Uh, so that immediately uh, the caffeine um, um, narrows the, reduces the amount of blood going into the heart, which means that there's pressure then coming the lungs and the heart and the cardiovascular system. So you basically have to uh, compensate for that. Um, they do take other things like other amino uh, acids, like L-arginine and so on. You know the one you, you feel the tingling in your fingers and your head, like when mm-hmm. when when you take these amino acids for pre-workouts, that gets you buzzing. So they're trying to balance it out. They're going week in, week out. They're not just playing matches; they're training as well. They're traveling as well to stay healthy. Traveling around Europe, just around Europe, just around England, um, it it takes an awful lot. So you need your immunity to be at a high level. You're not able to carry weight because of the amount of, that you have to run the fitness. Um, added to that, the fact that you, the, the guys are getting painkill injections, uh, gels, and so on. This then affects those. So the painkill injections, usually, they be, depending on what they are, they, they could be an acid. So they're going to break down the muscle, break down the bone. After a while, those injuries build up. You push the body, you push the joints, the flexibility decreases. Add in the fact that a lot of the lads are on uh, asthma inhalers. Asthma, as we know, the the the, the inhalers are with uh, stuff inside is is a steroid. That also affects the system. It affects you know long term effects are dreadful. And when you're and when you're someone who doesn't need to have your airways opened up, overuse of it, that starts to break down, and it also causes osteoporosis, bone thinning. Put all that together. And those guys have been doing it, like building up, building up, building up, staying very much injury-free for the most part for a couple of years. Remember, they they, they built up under Klopp, then they started like growing. They came very, very close to Man City the year before last. And then last year, they were just going, you know, balls to the wall, basically, to go and win it. I'd also known that they had removed, um, or well, he'd left, Zilko uh, Bouvats, who's here now in Dino, uh, sports director, uh, Pep Linders, who came in, Pepe Linders came back over from Holland and was forcing methods that he had, you know, worked with in Holland in terms of fitness. Klopp, as we know, has his magic bottles, and not just. I had spoken as well with uh, players from Romania because I'd, I'd, I'd met I'd met Jurgen many years ago when I was living in Germany. I met Jurgen as well. So, you know, as a man, he's second to none. As a person who actually is a decent soul, second to none. He's a really genuine, one of life's gentlemen, but he's also uh, a driven uh, winner. Mm. So does that kind of like dualism in him that he's he's a sociopath where he wants to really win at all costs? Yeah. And at the same time, he's a good guy. So putting all that together, the pressure on the body, even uh, now, I said in September last year that we're going, we're going to see injuries pile up, mm-hmm. muscle injuries. We're going to see some catastrophic injuries because 
a tackle or collision that would have passed unnoticed or without a problem a year before, two years before, three years before, would now become catastrophic simply because the flexibility has gone down, the tiredness has gone down. I've seen it in tennis players when, you know, when you see a test player going over on the ankle, it's usually because of a, weak, a weakness or tiredness. Like not you, but very, very many times. Yeah, for true overuse. And it's basically ready to snap. Um, so that's basically why. It's just that the bodies have pushed so hard for so long that they were, you know, they had to take some time off um, with the increased pace. As I said, i spoken with um, ex-players from Mines, for example, who spoke about some of the methods being used there. Um, and realistically in sport at the highest level, and and even not just professional amateur as well, uh, it, it's kind of where the line is. You know, yeah. where, where, like, you know, if it's, um, we know the TUE system, the therapeutic yeah. use exemption. We know the amount of people who are suddenly asthmatic. You know, David Beckham sitting on the bench, puffing on his inhaler, and suddenly he gets he gets outed by the male, uh, or I think it's the male, and uh, then he says, oh, I've, I've been an asthmatic. And says, since when? You never registered asthmatic. But I, I, I know from experience, from cycling, from tennis, from athletics, from even amateur football, lads in a dressing room passing around the inhaler to take a puff before they go out because it gives them that bit of charge. Yeah. So yeah. All of that rolled up in together. The overuse of supplements, the over like the over overexertions of the bodies that they would have to cycle off. And we've seen it now with injury after injury after small light injuries, but they're mounting up. And um and basically just the bodies couldn't stand it. So we did ask they, they brought in there in December a new head of recovery into Liverpool. And I was a bit worried that this is going to like, why is this fella coming in from Dortmund? What, what's what's he going to bring to the table? Are they going to like throw basically you know the kitchen sink at it and go for it? Uh, I don't think it's going to, to work. So basically, it was a it was a logical kind of conclusion to years of watching how this progresses with teams. The amount of you know me playing semi professional football, you you know seeing what we have to put into me working with athletes and seeing what they have to put into to get ready for a season. You know, working with a, fo- a professional football club and seeing what they're doing to just get to near the level um, of even the middle of the English Premier League table. Yeah. So the top, you know, so. And Alan, are all are all the clubs in England the only this are the top six or is this is this just Liverpool or uh, I know Pep Pep Guardiola has a bit of a, a past with this, um, and I know from talking to, say, Irish journalists about Leicester City, uh, and uh, you reference Leicester in the article, in the, in the yeah. first article, like, what is it, what is it that they're, they're masking? Is there the masking their caffeine usage? Um, if, if we take a hypothetical club, let's put it like this, uh, years ago, years ago, Damien Richardson, who I worked with, he, uh, the ex shells and Rovers manager, um, and he managed the League of Ireland. Like, sorry, and he said that when they were lining up against Man- Manchester United, and he knew some of the, the Manchester lads, like John Shea, for example, from before. I said, the League of Ireland lads stood beside them, few pros, few part timers standing there beside the Manchester United lads. He said, all the Manchester United lads had the GPS system and the whole, like, all on them. 
and he said they were tall, you know, taller than these levers, lean, just lean, pure muscle. There's nothing on them. Um, it's uh, caffeine usage is very very high across sports. It's kind of accepted now. It's it's dangerous, very very dangerous. It's very kind of like long term. It's not great, but at the same time. There's other things that I would say in a hypothetical club playing to top level. When you see links to cycling, for example, uh, pro cycling, and not just, uh, there's huge issues with uh, what they call EPO. Yeah. We know what EPO is, and that's the one that gives you the increased uh, hemoglobin, the red blood cells, into the muscles, more oxygen. You're able to go further for longer and keep up the pace. It, it, that 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 is, I, I I do believe that that's an issue in football. I'm not going to say I'd love to say, yeah, I have con- concrete proof that this is going on here. This is going on here. No, I'd be a liar. Mm. I, I I would. I don't have concrete proof. I I do have from people telling stories. We see where, for example, uh. Mark Bonner, the um, the Irish doctor who was over in Harley Street, who was providing this sort of stuff, EPO and human growth hormones, to Leicester City players and Arsenal players. You'll find that uh, I, I saw it in tennis where players will congregate towards a fitness trainer, fitness coach, strength and conditioning coach who gets results. Mm. You, you can't say, oh, they're all guilty or they're all bad, but it depends on what they're going to do. So it's not great. It, 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 if it was just caffeine, I'd be all right. I'd say take it handy, you know, yeah. but there, there is more than caffeine involved. Um, if we look at, for example, rugby, which I think we all accept, it's just, it's jumped, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's jumped the shark. That's gone. Yeah. Like you, you, like, uh, in 2014, I stopped playing amateur rugby. I should have stopped playing a long time before, but I stopped playing amateur rugby here in Russia when I was playing out half. And so I'm about 5'7 and what about 10 stone, something like that. And kind of traditional what you see as a scrum half. And the fellow across from me in amateur rugby, now he was, well, sorry, he's professionals. And He's six foot fourteen. Well, six foot thirteen or fourteen stone, just muscle. And I know what they were, what they the training and what they do, and and again, every time he was hitting me, I was feeling it. I never felt like I tackle flankers, you know, play wherever, like tackle wherever it is. But the amount of hits they having to take, I was thinking, geez, these boys, and they weren't going off after sixty minutes or forty minutes. They were. Going through to the end of the game, our lads are just falling like flies all around the place. So I think it did, there's a lot more than just caffeine on the go. Uh, so what's think, in what clubs magic magic uh, drink that you were saying? Like I, I'm just I want to get like uh, like is this happening to all clubs? Like are Manchester United on this? Are they doing the same? Are Hotspur doing the same? Like is this and how are, are they getting bought past it from? The, the powers that be because they're not giving blood tests or is it because there's too much money in, in the game that, you know, like the thing is about about this topic and about this conversation is that 
me and Danny will probably be tweeted next week when this podcast goes out and it'll be like, ah, oh, anti-Liverpool stuff, you know. But, like, is is it anti-Liverpool stuff? Or is it a case that they're all doing it and Liverpool are just better at doing it than the rest of them? And is it the case as well um, that Leicester won the, the Premier League out of nowhere and they didn't retain. Did they not retain because of the same cycle was coming to an end? Jamie Vardy, non-league footballer, um, six years before he won the Premier League, all of a sudden is a Premier League winner, top goal scorer. Um, and there's there's talk of him on the same cycle of, of caffeine yeah. and all other stuff. It's just, it's just bonkers at, in one point, but at the same time, money talks. So, is it, are, are all the Premier League clubs doing it? I, I, I would say the majority, the top ones, the best have the best medical scientists, best recovery specialists, the best experts on how to do it. So I say, yeah, the top are. Uh, Man City, as you mentioned earlier on, like with uh, uh, Guardiola. Guardiola was famous for it. Like, like himself as a player and also as a coach he was known in Bayern Munich I've spoken to people in Bayern Munich like friends of mine who were like around the club one is a fan leader and one is a guy working in the club and they're like well in Germany I saw it in Germany it was, like, it was normal it was accepted that's just what they did they had their magic potions Graham the answer what was in what's in the drink I have no clue couldn't even, I couldn't even guess it I'd say it could even be in one way a placebo Mm. But then what they what they get a shot in the backside before a match that could be just that could be the one <laughs> difference you know but and 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 Klopp has been known that in the past as well to make sure players take an injection so that's 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 not new that that's that's Can been there for for performance and Hansel we don't know um, I can I, like before well away pardon how is he getting away with this. Players accept it. He gets results. He gets results, pure and simple. That's that's how it goes. Money talks because if you are able to get that extra out of, of an ordinary bunch of players, which he did in Mainz, for example, <clears throat> he, he's rewarded. But there's only a certain limit you can go with those players because they have to be good responders. Mm-hmm. So they, like that's the balance. The better players are good responders, good responders to training, good responders to motivation conditions and putting pressure on the body so there's we know there's like great players like even lads who went over from, from ireland who basically then couldn't hack the pace not to do a doping it's just the bodies couldn't stand it. they like genetically or physically they just like the you know their bones are slightly weaker or whatever it may be um it, it, so in terms of like being caught no one wants no one wants to be caught like because if you look at it, uh, they only as you, you mentioned blood testing. They don't do blood testing. They do urine testing, which is really, you know, I heard a, a friend of mine here uh, who works with biathlon. Uh, he he coaches uh, youngsters in biathlon, and he'll tell them, "Don't go to this training camp." It's like why? The Norwegians are there. I was like, "What's that?" Well, no. Don't go there. Like young Norwegian, so they, 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 he stops them going. He said, look, compete clean. If you can't compete clean, if you can't get up that level, don't, don't, don't try. 
as he said, like basically when you're doing the urine testing, he said it's pissing in the wind. Simple as that. It, it, they're yeah. not, these guys know what they're doing, so they're going to get around it. Um, we also look at the players. The players want to do it as well. So if the players are all in on it, no one's going to like cry about it. Now, I tell from like my own, about your nine, 2000, it's in Germany, then in Austria, at boxing training camp, and we're all lined up with the team and had to get a multivitamin injection. Now, me, because this is before Aldi and Little were in Ireland, really, and I think they only maybe just come to Ireland. And I, I loved Aldi and Little in Germany, you know, and in Austria. I used to get the, you know, the, the, the fizzy multivitamin tablets. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you get the tube them, you know. So I get them, I'd get a few of the cottage like, broiler bought from home or whatever that's all. And I'd be eating healthy anyway. I was, I was like, what, 50, I was a bantam, I was 54, eight and a half stone. So I was like, no, Grant said, no, no, we all get the multivitamin injection before, or the vitamin injection before we like go into the heart. We did our first week and I was like, no, I don't need an injection, Grant. Because we did blood tests. So the test our blood, so you're lacking this, you're lacking this, which made perfect sense. I did that before, but I never took hands and got an injection. So all the lads are there, drop the shorts, get an injection. So I'm going, Am I the only one who's seen there's something not right with this? Like we're up at the Austrian Olympic training camp near Villa, and I was like, "This, this isn't right." So I had an argument and with the coach and said, well, I'm, "This isn't, this isn't right." And everyone's like, "Oh, you're all right. Don't worry. It's not doping. We're not doing any doping." Grant, I'm not. I don't. I don't trust. I just felt weird. I just felt weird. Yeah. The fellow who was there, who was in charge of it all, who was like overseeing the blood tests, and he was like this doctor. He was like, "Look, if you don't want to take it, you don't want to take it." And I basically told them to go pack your bags and go. Like, good luck. Like, by bye, 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 team. The fella who was standing there smiling, because I, I described them to my kind of one of the fellas I worked with in Frankfurt. Uh, and I went home and I spoke about it and I gave an interview. I was, like, I was kind of annoyed. In Frankfurt, I spoke to a guy, uh, Jörg Berger. He's now sadly passed on. Working in, in, in Frankfurt, he's a football coach. And I was speaking about it. And I knew the fella's name. I told him about it. He goes, and he said, describe him to me. I said, this, this, this. He said, do you know who he is? And I was like, no. He said, Bernd Pansold. Uh, I said, no idea who he is. He said, Bernd Pansold. He says, a criminal. He's like, he, he's... So I thought nothing of it. Then as years went by, it's like, it popped up again. And I, th- I think it was, I was reading an article, it was like, uh, he was doing work with uh, Lindsay Vaughn, the <laughs> skier, who was dating yeah. Tiger Wood. So I just, it popped up online, or I think it was in the paper. It's like, I was going there, I think it was in the airport. Looking, I was going, look, that's your man. That's your man. That's your man. So it turns out that he's now the head of um, Red Bull Medical Science, sports medicine. Do lepers change their spots? <laughs> you'd, you'd like to think so. Grigory Rochenkov didn't change his spots. Um, yeah. These people don't change their spots. They are brought in because they win. If you look at all the different Red Bull clubs and the way that the players are coming through, look at them. They're brilliant. They're fit, young, hungry, get them in from Salzburg, sell them to Lyksburg and sell them on. So it, it, it's almost too big to fail. Yeah. This, this, this isn't the Tour de France. This year's Tour de France, I sat and watched and enjoyed. I turned my brain off. Yeah. When, when Sam Bennett was like winning it all, I was like, go on Ireland. But the same I was going to go on. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's well. it's weird. It's it's um 
it's weird because again like that the and i get it people love sport as you're saying like uh, at the start of all this and that you know for some people sport is the most important thing in the world so for them to think that the team they follow is up to some sort of nefarious uh, activity it just doesn't sit with them it doesn't wash for them they've never no. nobody has popped there's been no positive tests they couldn't possibly be letting the sport go into distribute like this if it came out it would be made no so there have been major scandals in this the olympics the dirtiest race in history tennis constantly fucking at it cycling the messiah of cycling lance armstrong anyone who thinks something is too big to fail hasn't read about enron the, the, yeah. the fact here is this sort of thing while you can call it legal doping i suppose in terms of somebody might go sure what's a few cans of red bull you know but ultimately there, there comes a point where the competitive edge isn't just down to the fact that they can run a bit faster it's down to what was in that bottle, what was in that needle, what was in that tablet. And it's just, I'm, I'm baffled by a lot of it. But also then, if you can kind of just shift gear a little bit, yeah. Tokyo Olympics possibly going to go ahead this year. They're saying it will no matter what. It's not a chance that's clean, you know? No. Yes, yeah, so we, we heard that. I remember I, I, I wrote about it and I and actually wrote, wrote articles about it and tweeted about it when we had these top anti-doping people mm. for example there's a fellow from Australia he was like a, he was a tennis referee tennis judge um, you know never saw a tennis player that was doing anything up too much uh, and he was also involved with Australian anti-doping and the Australian like you know, he slammed Russia like yeah. sitting up there in his umpire's chair slamming Russia Russia's really really bad and then when they were talking about testing He's like, there's no way Tesla shouldn't be going to test now in lockdown. Should no one's training? It's a disgrace. No one's training. And mm-hmm. then you have like uh, in Loughborough, which is in England, which is a dodgy as hell place. Um, and you have like you have the sign up on the door saying that uh, students who are on the campus can only go in a certain time because there's elite athletes training. And suddenly, world records are falling all over the place. Athletes are coming out, footballers were coming out fitter, faster, stronger. And people were saying, like, the lad in Lokomotiv here dropped dead in the reserve team, dropped dead, working out too much because he's not in the control of the club. They had to work out at home. Overdid it, dropped dead, you don't flip. Again, no, no suspicion, nothing that he's, he was taking anything. It was simply because he was overdoing it. But he was kind of like, you know, uh, third, third level, um, you know, footballer, like professional footballer, third level, pushed himself too hard, dropped out. All these athletes coming out super fit, breaking world records after having sitting on their couch like us, you know, chilling, watching Netflix and, you know, making podcasts and us like here in Russia, like we're basically... Walk, like we were locked down very very badly worse in Ireland like mm. you walk 500 metres from your home and the police if they're popping around they'll say hey you know have you got a, do you have a QS code to go anywhere we couldn't travel on buses or metro it was all shut down so it was it was tough but these athletes were managing to do it now I knew here for example footballers were given their programmes and they were doing it at home they, they, they weren't going in but athletes he, like everything was closed down in Moscow and Russia. It was it was tough. <laughs> but the lads like in in um in England and the USA, 
flying, you know. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's an awful hard one. Again, I wrote the article like eleven months after calling the title for Liverpool. Delighted to see Liverpool win the title after all the years have come close. After all the like trying and stuff that's happened to the club, I was happy to see them win. Delighted to see them win. The year before that, like twelve months before, I would call for Man City because you could just you could just see it starting to come. Then this year was like the the kind of challenge was again from our lads in the in the station. You called two of the last three, you know, or two like the last two go again. I'll just say Liverpool won't win. Why? And then I had to explain why. Um, the the Leicester one is an interesting one. When Ranieri got sacked, I I pitched a story because at the same time as Leicester were going for the title, Rostov here were going for the title as well in in Russia. It was it was kind of a, a, a miracle season as well. I mean, they did a great. Uh, coach Corban Berdeev, who was the coach of Rubin Kazan, who we know played Rovers and also beat Barcelona in Barcelona. So, they, and won, won two leagues in a row. So, Berdeev, he's a good coach, well respected. Might have been up to stuff. Like, I never looked into it, uh, but they won. Now, at the same time as uh, Ross Supper going for the title, they were getting, uh, they had a dawn, like, dawn test. In the hotel, yeah. Uh, where before they play the game uh, in the morning, UEFA came in and tested them all. Everyone passed. They're all clean. They were tested three, like they, they were tested on mass before three of their last home games, and after each one, or like before or after, so they get like half the group before, half the group after. Leicester in that time, it was a month and a half, didn't have a single player tested. So uh, for me, it was like, it, it bothered me a little. I was like, this is like, and it was all ramping up to basically kick Russia to make sure to try and uh, take the World Cup away. That was, that was a big, big, big issue that was going on. So anyway, uh, Ranieri, the season after him, they got to the Champions League and they fell apart. They just were... I think they were down 15th in the table or 16th in the table. They were just like really, really doing badly. And um, he was getting sacked. And I was writing an article about who was working with him. And because uh, I was tracing back right here, I was like, what happened this season? So I was trying to piece it out. So I went back all the way back before Chelsea and so on. And I saw who he was working with, who he'd always been working with, and who he's still working with. Uh, and I've seen that there was a guy who's called the Sassies from Italy. And they come from Mape. Now, you've heard of Mape from cycling. Mm. Um, so, Mape, they came from this like institution which was supposed to be clean cycling, but it was actually, wasn't clean cycling at all. Um, and uh, so, these guys came from that. One of the, the guy who then took over from the Sassis, because the, the Sassis were basically run out of Chelsea when the players, and I was told this from uh, Joe Cole, uh, and Frank Lambert, I believe, well, Joe Cole said it, but Frank, I think he also was not. They didn't like the training being going on, and they didn't like what they were being uh, handed. They were handed a shape. Take that. No. Take this. No. So the players rebelled. He went down, and um, Ranieri was gone as well as the Tinker Man because th- things were really, really rough, and the players revolted to it. Um, he then, like, 
if you look, there's a fellow called Andrea Azalim, and he follows Ranieri around now. Everywhere he goes, Azalim is there as sports scientist, fitness coach, and so on and so forth. Now, Azalim has write, written academically about superdosing caffeine, mm. about all these other things coming from cycling, because caffeine is huge in cycling as well. It's, it, you know, you hear the cyclist, like, Sean can say, oh, we get like two or three espressos before we go out at the start of the stage, so to get the body going and the heart going and the whole lot, and, you know, a slice of chocolate cake and so on and so on. So like, caffeine's well known for, for what it can do. So I, I, I wrote a, just a very, very linear history all the way through of all the people surrounding Ranieri, Juve, um, and assassins are at Juve. And all the stuff this, these people around, and their links to cycling, especially the like the sort of the dirty kind of things are going around. What came out? Leicester fans kind of were like, you know, oh, you're just kind of like jealous. Or it was like, mm. no, like Ranieri went, Azaline went. You should be counted lucky. Counted lucky because, like uh, Jamie Vardy was talking about, like drinking a couple of cans of Red Bull yeah. and like a, a, a port wine as well before matches and all this sort of like mad, 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 super hyper dosing caffeine. I'm thinking, Graeme, you mentioned like that where Vardy was non-league, then up into the Premier League the year before 28 games, six goals, five goals, and then all of a sudden exploded into life. The next season then it just all dropped down. Um, there, there's a, well, just about a year later, I have to look it up, about a year later, uh, the article, which has also already been in a, in a magazine, then uh, the lads in back to base football were contacted by Andrea Azaline threatening uh, legal action. So they wrote to me and said, Alan, we don't see anything wrong. There's no, there, like, it's not even, there's zero. I said, well, it's already been in print, so there's nothing there. You know, it's, it basically was looked at going, ah, yeah, so what? And then put away. Yeah. So I said to the lads, I sent them an email, I said, listen, what they're doing is, I guarantee you this, they're going for a job. Ranieri's going for a job. Someone's tweaked this up. It's on the internet. Um, they want, like, they're, they're asking them questions. So why, why, like, you know, Ranieri is like, you know, told Azali, make sure this disappears. Lo and behold, we had to freeze, take it off the main site. Because um, the lads were like, we'll, we'll wait. We'll see what it is. Because... I said, but he's nothing, he's not allowed to stand up. But anyway, long story short, we, we freeze the page on the, on the site. But, but less than a week later, they get the job at Nantes in France. Yeah. Azaline's still following around, still there with him. So did, it, it was just this kind of like the fear they have mm-hmm. of this. And it's like, I'd love to say, like I said, like you said, the Olympics. One of the most obscene things where like Mo Farah came out and said, uh, uh, we've all been told we'll be, we'll be vaccinated before the Olympics. Why? You know, yeah. You're a young, well, I was going to say, young, fit, yeah, healthy, no, they're all unhealthy. Sure, Mo has like, God knows what, what's wrong with them. You know, and, and it, it's easy and easy for me to think, and I, I said it before, no, I didn't say it was only... Russia has had a historic problem with doping. It still has a problem with doping. It hasn't gone away. Mm. But Russia aren't winning 
all the gold medals, all this, like they're still far off. There's very little difference in terms of the physical development and the, and the desire. It's not that they don't want it as much as like British athletes or Irish athletes. It's just the different levels of uh, investment. So, Graham, this goes back to what you're saying with the, the big clubs. Big clubs have more money to invest in better science, better technology, better recovery. Recovery is, is huge. Um, and Russia has never had, had that. Russia, when they say state-sponsored, is true. 100% true state-sponsored doping. Because the state sponsors everything. My, my, my job in capital is state sponsored, yeah. ultimately. It's part of Moscow government. Okay, we have advertiser sponsors, but it's, it's partially state sponsored. My work in the university uh, called Missis, it's a government university, state sponsored. All athletes, every single one, figure skaters, uh, even footballers, is any footballers are all state sponsored. Yeah. from the state company. So, from that level, the athletes here don't have the uh, opportunity for sponsorship. It's just not there. There's not a culture of what we would see. Like even it's kind of like Ireland in the bad old days. But even when an athlete would like Michael Cooter win a gold medal, he might get a, like a few quid to go here, or go there, or might get you know a tracksuit. It doesn't happen in Russia. You get a BMW if you win a yeah. gold medal. That's it. But, you know, it doesn't feed you. You know, well, if you sell it, it would feed you. Yeah. Um, so there is that kind of um, problem. So when you look at the, the top countries, the top teams, they have, they know how, as was it, was it Zanussi, the appliance of science? That's what it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. And, um, yeah. yeah. And we see, we see the arms race as well. I hate to say it because I, I love GAA. We see the arms race in the GAA as well. And I, I shudder to think because I'm, I'm a huge Dublin fan, born you know, born bred Dublin. I love Laos because that's where my dad's from. Mm. Uh, but look at the Dublin I think, Oh God, I just hope to God there's nothing dodgy going on because it would kill me. Yeah, it would be more clean. I I I can't say that. I can't I can't say yes or no. But it just it's that fear. But at the same time, he said, and I sport is the best. Sport has. Three fellas here, one of them over in freezing cold Moscow, two of them in like lovely Dublin. Um, I presume you're both in Dublin, so I'll say you're both in Dublin. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in Leash, but yeah, from Dublin. Lovely Leash and deadly yeah. Dublin. <laughs> so um, uh, it's brought us together to have a chat. But we can, but the one thing is, like, I, 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 I love sport. I absolutely, I love sport. I live it. It was the one kind of thing that when growing up, even just before my dad passed in 2013, it was a thing like on a Sunday evening, we'd get on Skype and have a chat about the game. I'd be listening to it on the radio, yeah. watching at home. There was times when I, the compromise rules was on and I couldn't get it in Moscow or wherever in Moscow. Dad just got the, the Skype turned it on, <laughs> pointed to the television, <laughs> like, you know, very rudimentary streaming, but sure, you know. But uh, it was the one thing that kind of, uh, we could talk about when times were tough, when we kind of, you know, didn't see eye to eye and no, anything about like what I was doing, like what he, like how he was or where it was one thing to brought us together. So sport is hugely important to society. Nothing else brings us together. We know that. 
you know, I saw it when when Rovers went went out to Tallow, and some of the people involved in the club who were there when the club was collapsing. You know, was what an error? I, I can't remember exactly. It was an error or fifteen minutes away from going bankrupt. Yeah, about that. So, like John Byrne, for example, you know, is working with with RT, Well, RT guys who RT guys, and the passion and love that people like that show to their clubs. Would you be realistic and say, you know, do we want to compete? And I've done surveys and I spoke, I spoke with one of the one of some, um, uh, Stephen Housen from Falls Manchester United. And I asked him, like, would you care if United were to open? And he said, well, if they win the treble, no. <laughs> and, 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 and unfortunately, we're to blame. So we like, if, before we start to hold up the athletes, say, is it all dope? Like you said, Olympic Games, 100 metres, filthy. 2012, these English breakout performances where, and remember this, Rod Chekhov had been working with UK sport before the Olympics. He'd actually been working with UK anti-doping. He'd been going through this. He was, oh, I mean, there was all these top, top experts <laughs> brought in and even an East German rowing coach who like basically exploded uh, UK rowing for many years, or GB rowing. You had like the British cycling team. Yeah. And we know, you know, now we know them losing laptops, breaking laptops, getting stolen, <laughs> yeah, all this mad crap. A different you kind know, of marginal game. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's there higher here. You're right. But this is the whole thing. And this is what we're like, if, if we, we're not fooling. We're not fooling ourselves. We can look at. I, I, as I said, I enjoyed the, the Tour de France this year. I really enjoyed it. There's nothing better. Nothing better to sitting on a on a on a on a. Um, well, because we're all based at home, and so I'm working at home. To sitting at at home, middle of the week, middle of the day, and you flick on where the well TV coverage. It was ITV watching Tour de France, and they're up in the the, the Alps or whatever. That's brilliant. That's yeah. better than any kind of drug. That is a drug. It, it just calms you. This, and you're watching, you're going, go on. And then you suddenly become an expert on something. Oh, listen, he's, he's, he's dragging the other thing. You know, and yeah. you, you get the crack out of it. Same with football. We go into a football ground. We see the people we know. We see a friendly face. We can put aside our stress for those next three hours. Go for a pint afterwards. Have a chat afterwards. Go have a cup of tea and a sandwich at half time. It's 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 not an escape for reality. It is reality. That is the, the most ultimate reality. It's kind of then a step to say, well, you know, do do we accept? Do we know that they're up to something good? Do we accept it? Yeah. Should we worry? Yeah. Because if we think about our kids or kids we like relatives, like young young lads and lassies. That to get to that level, they have to do it. Do you want them destroying their wee bodies to do it? Yeah, that's that that that's that, that's the question I'd ask. I see my little fella now playing, uh, starting to play ro- rugby. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, enjoy it now, <laughs> but like when he, he gets a few years older, no yeah, one is going to want, no one's going to want his dad going to watch the matches, sitting there going, doping, 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 doping. Oh, <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> He's got to get battered. Got to get battered. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it. It's uh, it, it's been it's been a brilliant, brilliant chat with Alan, and it's one of those topics that like you you could literally spend you know 
every podcast for a year talking about it and still not get below the surface of it all. Um, but I, I, I know... <laughs> I know, as Mero said, we'll definitely get a couple of tweets off a couple of people who will definitely, um, who will definitely kick back against some of the stuff being talked about on this. But, but nonetheless, if people uh, not necessarily want to kick back against you, but if they're curious and they want to learn more about the work that you've put out there and even tune into Capital FM from time to time, where can they find out more about you? Well, uh, the well Twitter handle is uh, at Danger Kids Books, and then if you look in, uh, well, I usually Alan Moore and Russia, you put it in. Yeah. And they're putting doping as well. Lots of stuff will pop up. Yeah. And on Capital FM, uh, capitalfm.moscow uh, is, you, you can listen. Like, ooh, ooh, nice music mix. You can, you can listen to it. That's the online version. We're FM, but you can listen to us online. Yeah. Um, but I anyway, know, listen, thanks so much for your time. We've taken up more than so, enough of it for this evening. But um, um, listen, when, uh, when all the lads start popping and positive tests start appearing, we'll be back on Skype to you in no time. Um, <laughs> But uh, th- thanks again, Al. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time, man. Thanks, guys. This is great. And keep up the good work. And you know, the most important thing is uh, what you're doing is a huge help to a lot of people. You don't realize it. You don't know it. You'll probably never know it. But um, it is. It's a great help. And I, I, I massively appreciate it. And, I, and I, I'm a big fan of the work. So thanks very, very much. A lot to unpack there, Meryl. Very much so, yeah, absolutely. A lot, a lot to unpack. And there will be people who will be like, lads, that's a load of nonsense, blah, blah, blah. But look, look, we're not just saying Liverpool, we're saying all sports. And we've said it on this podcast plenty of times, there, I, I don't believe there's such thing as a clean sport. Darts isn't even clean, for God's sake. Fellas getting well, laser like, eye surgery. It was like what Alan, Alan Moore was saying there about um, his friend, who's a Manchester United fan. Um, who will point out stuff about doping, but when when asked if United Man United won the treble and they were found to be doping, how would you feel about it? And he was, that would be grand. And I think, like, should fans care about doping? Should, like, like is the integrity so gone, and the instant feeling of um, the endorphins you get when your team win the final, mm. like they can't change the there and the now of that feeling of your team winning a final. So three, four months down the road, that it, if if it's discovered that that team was actually open, do the fans actually care? Should they care? I mean, we've been MMA fans for years, and look at all the 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 lads and the pets and the human growth hormones there that like. It didn't. It didn't affect us on the night that we would have watched, say, John Jones win a title. We were we were happy, you know. We would yeah. say privately, "Oh, Jesus, what an absolute tramp!" Like, but mm. I mean, should spectators care? I think they should, but it's as, it be, as everyone knows, it's down to money at the end of the day, and money talks, you know. It would be. Do you know what I? I can see in in a dystopian future. We still have VAR, but we've also got PAR, which is the piss assistant referee. And at the end of the match, all the players line up for a piss test and their results are put up on the big screen under analysis like VAR. <laughs> That'd be unreal. Although we need, we need a VAR, blood assisted referee. That's actually, piss, that is, This yeah. test won't do anything. And as Alan said, yeah, you'd be pissing into the wind. That's very true. But yeah, that would make it worth my way. Before the trophy presentation, 
they all have to go in to get a test and it's put up on the big screen. That would be absolutely hilarious. And the, the result gets overturned WWE style. Or the math, if they all test positive, the match must continue or whatever. Just Vince McMahon run down, pointing at Earl Hebner. You know what I mean? Down breaks his two quads. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he wouldn't, though, because he'd be up to the guilds on, you know, all the fucking performance enhances. His muscles would be well able for it. Brilliant. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, um, look, it's whatever way you cut it, uh, that's not a cocaine pun, but whatever way you cut it, it's an interesting topic and yeah. rather we like it or not drugs aren't in sport in some way shape or form rather they're legal over-the-counter drugs that are being kind of hyper abused to within an inch of their limit or rather it's a, a magic cocktail or concoction in a bottle or in a needle or whatever yeah you know but look we're all consuming it we're all loving it we're all uh as Mero said you know i'm, I'm still going to tune into a cup final i'm still going to switch on the telly and watch the team play so ultimately, even though I highly suspect there's not a clean one on that pitch, does it affect the you be the judge, lads, you be the judge. Um, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't affect spectator viewing, you know. It's like people complaining about VAR, VAR drowning the game, VAR's gick. But at the end of the day, you're not going to stop watching the football because of VAR. Yeah, absolutely love VAR. And can I just say, anyone who watched that Manchester United Southampton match there during the week and believed that the Southampton player was onside, needs to get a grip. He was clearly clear. You could see it clear as day. He was two and a half millimeters offside. But uh, the, uh, like the peno that United got from VAR, or no, it wasn't a peno from VAR. Oh, uh, where it reversed to a free kick. No, 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 no. I mean the sending off. Oh, that, yeah, that's a sending off. The penalty. And he's last man back. He's last man clear. back, and it's being clumsy. Like yeah. you don't. Like most, most, most tackles that are judged to be straight reds are clumsy tackles. Yeah. That was a clumsy way of defending and he fucked up. And I thought 100% it was a, a red card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who's that? Cubes coming in behind me, is it? Yeah. There we are now. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I think, um, the, like, here's the other side. What were they down at that point? 7-0? Seven, nil? Seven like, or Seven or eight, I think. I'm like, not, I, know, I know he's a defender and all, but I mean, seven nil down, you're already ten men. Like, just mm. why, why even bother? Just resign to the fact. Oh well, it's going to be eight nil now. Exactly. And st- his, and stay on the pitch, like his lack of defending and his clumsiness caused that penalty. Yeah. You, you, you don't just because a player is clumsy, it's it's not an excuse to not give a penalty or not give a red card. Like I thought it was. I thought it was definitely a... And a Stonewall uh, for me, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Dan. Anyway, anyway, look, let's all go get something to eat because I'm sure you're starving as well as me, which seems to be the, uh, the reoccurring tradition on this podcast every week now. So, but nonetheless, Mero, if people want to listen to the previous 225 episodes plus bonus editions of our short-lived but well-fabled uh, The 600, where can people do that? <laughs> they can search WTS Pod on any podcast provider, um, such as Podcast Republic, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, anywhere and everywhere you can get a podcast. We also have WTSPod.com and we have Twitter at WTSPod. He's at Danjo Murray. I'm at Merrigan Mania. Get your manscaped, clean your town halls. WTSPod is the uh, code, the coupon code. And uh, until next time. Clear it is. Full hearts. Can't lose. Too sweet. Look.